Hi and welcome to Pomcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ritual Dyes. Ritual Dyes is a yarn dyeing operation out of Portland, Oregon. The studio focuses on all products related to the modern knitter, featuring a new and unique project bag, a minimalist knitter's backpack designed to take you from city to forest and everywhere in between, knitting all the while. All products produced sustainably and locally in Portland. Visit ritualdyes.com or at ritualdyes on Instagram to learn more. Welcome to Pomcast, the podcast brought to you by Pom Pom Quarterly. I'm Lydia Gluck and I'm here with Sophie Scott. Hello Hi guys. Hi. Feels like a while since we've done this. I don't know why. It does feel like a while. I guess the last time we were at Edinburgh and so that was like yeah. a bit kind of, you know, it's not our usual recording environment. Um, I mean, so... do we usually have a usual? <laughs> I don't know. We're in a different setup again today. <laughs> That's true. If this is your first listen... Um, we are Lydia and Sophie. You've got that so far. Good. <laughs> Keep up. Uh, we bring you knitting news from the magazine Pom Pom Quarterly and also fun puns and knitting tidbits along the way. I suppose that's how you sum up this podcast. Yeah. Craft related rambles. Indeed. Well, let's <laughs> ramble down one of those avenues and start as we often do with news. Uh, news is that issue 25, our summer issue... It's on its way. It is. It's coming out soon. Or it's like coming out later in May. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a theme that we love very, very much, which is quite sort of simple. Uh, the theme is stripes. Yes. Uh, what's more to say about that? It's stripey. <laughs> um, all the stripes are there. Yep. There's a lot so, of garter stitch actually in this yeah. uh, seri- uh, series, in this uh, issue as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you can expect like lots of colours because obviously, you know, if you've got stripes, you need more than one colour. So each piece is very colourful. Got all sorts of lovely tops um, and some very cool bags. Yes. Uh, and a few little wraps there to put around your shoulders on a cool summer's eve. Very good. Um, I always get confused with the, you know, we're talking about the now. But especially now we've uh, we've got 50 episodes under our belt <laughs> and we have uh, nice people uh, comment on the Ravelry group, which is a good point. You can always join in the fun there. And they say, oh, it's listening back to the episode in 2016. I was like, geez, what were we talking about then? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I have no idea. I guess. Knitting. Yes. So, uh, yes, issue 25, Stripes. You can earn your Stripes by buying a copy of issue 25, which will be out. Uh, the pre-order's out on 1st of May. Um, so that's an interesting date for your diary. It is indeed. And um, actually, the issue will feature a brilliant weaving tutorial um, by London Loom, whose studio, lovely weaving studio, is just around the corner from us. Hey, we should have a party with those guys. Hey, we really should. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. We are. So on the 8th of May. 8th of May. May. <laughs> uh, we're so having wonderful. a little mini summer party because we're not doing Pomfest this year. If you guys didn't hear already... Just a little one-off, but we're having a little mini party, uh, weaving party. There'll be an issue twenty-five trunk show. You know that's all going to be about stripes. Um, all the advanced tickets actually are sold out, <gasps> but we're still telling you guys because you can get tickets on the door if you turn up after eight p.m. You can come party with us anyway. Yeah, there'll be drinks and us knitwear, <laughs> knitwear. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> oh, wool kitchen. We'll have a little mini pop-up oh, stand. Yeah. Um, she's a dyer for those of you who weren't sure she makes very colourful yarn and it was the yarn that was used in the 
tutorial that London Loom do. Yeah. Whoa. Very soon you'll see all these things and you'll know all what we're talking about. <laughs> Uh, so we're a tiny bit uh, discombobulated, I suppose would be the phrase, because we are moving studios at Pom Pom London HQ right now. We are indeed. We are staying within the same building, but we are moving to a different space. It's slightly bigger and more ground floor based, mm-hmm. uh, which is good because we have many boxes of magazines, which may not surprise you. And these are heavy. Yes. And we have to move them around. <laughs> this is a fun insight to the logistics of running a magazine. <laughs> Um, yeah, so um, that's all happening as we speak now. There is still moving happening and we will go back and move more. Mm. And what does this mean for you guys? Well, you get to know that we have nice new office chairs. So, <laughs> you know, we're comfy while we're organizing everything for you. And uh, yeah, it just means everything's a little bit more streamlined. You get the mags. We're happy. Yeah. Yeah, we just, you know, needed a bit more space. Pom Pom has grown a lot over the past with thanks to you of yeah course. exactly yeah. thanks to all of you guys um and because we've grown we need a bit more space a bit more elbow room a bit more room for piles of boxes with which we can build box forts we are merely a gauge swatch which when we blocked it grew <laughs> exactly um so that is some news and then we have some more kal news mm-hmm. if you didn't know already every issue we launch a new knit along and you're allowed to uh Submit any pom-pom pattern, as long as you haven't knitted it, uh, sorry, submitted it before. Uh, that's on our Ravelry group, where you can join up with all the fun knits and chats we have on there. See what other people are knitting. I personally always love going on to see other people's patterns that they've done. Because I'm like, oh yeah, she get that as she went and start knitting that. <laughs> um, so yeah, all information on our Ravelry group. We've got the spring knit-along and then also a dedicated knitting outside the box knit-along. Which, you know... If you want to get those nits out of the box, join in with that. <laughs> Just get rid of that box. So one thing I actually realized was tell and tell we didn't do last uh, episode. We were out of practice, guys. I know. I think uh, too much swinging around at the Kaylee. It just (laughs) shook up our brains. Um, But tell and tell, we tell each other what we are knitting and, uh, you know, tell you guys. But Lydia, tell, tell me this. What have you been up to? Like... We haven't really, like, caught up, so for the podcast piece. <laughs> well, uh, it was my birthday last week. Nice. People can... Big news. <laughs> people can, like, track the yearly episodes by our birthdays. It's like, true. oh, yes, Lady's uh, birthday now. Uh, which I celebrated by going swimming mm-hmm. uh, in a lake uh, in the Lee Valley, so in sort of north London, just outside of London, which is glorious. Wild swimming, as they say. Wild swimming, exactly. You're furious. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And that was good. And then uh, I had some nice drinks in the evening, which you attended. I did. I remember that. <laughs> which was very lovely. Um, so that was nice. Other than that, um, probably not loads to report. But while we were moving, I, had, I found some exciting... Well, we're still moving, as discussed. Yeah. But so far, through moving, uh, you know, you guys may have experienced this. You move and stuff. You unearth things. So you're like, oh, I didn't know I still had this. I do this a lot because I'm a terrible hoarder. So... Um, I found a picture that I had drawn that was like a diagram 
from a story that I told in the very first um, episode of Pomcast, which some of you may know and remember. I mean, even I if you, do. <laughs> even if you've listened to all of the podcasts, if you've listened to them in order, then this really was a while ago. So uh, it was a story about um, one time in Wales when I drove past what appeared to be a pyramid of sheep doing some kind of performance art, and I later realised that they had in fact climbed on top of a pyramid of bales of hay. Uh, and I found this drawing, and I was quite pleased with myself. <laughs> I feel like that's my main news. You know, we're talking about making the studio extra pretty. You like put up things like this. Yeah, exactly. We'll make like a kind of uh, pom pom museum zone for people to visit, oh, yeah. pay their respects. <laughs> someone asked if we did studio tours. We're like, mm, that's a lot of boxes. To look <laughs> it's at. like pretty much a pile of boxes. But ah, there's also now a picture of a pyramid of sheep, mm-hmm. so that's quite good. Yeah. Um, how about you, Sophs? Well, you know, I've been getting pretty much uh, into my gardening right now. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, some radishes, some carrots, mm. uh, planted some sweet peas. Crunchy. Yeah. I feel like I could just do a whole uh, podcast, so garden. Right, oh, maybe you should. <laughs> um, currently, you can't distinguish between the weeds and the carrots. I'm not that much of a pro gardener yet, mm-hmm. but I'm going to let things get bigger and then weed it out. It's, uh, it's pretty exciting. I'm getting a lot of satisfaction from it. That is exciting. Yeah. I like the sound of that. I have acquired some plants recently, mm-hmm. um, so I can relate, but yeah. not that much because they're not edible plants. But one of them has a smiley face pot. Well, there Amy we go. Gave oh, me, yeah, so that's quite good. It's very good. Yeah, lovely. Um, and so, in the world of makey things, yeah, I'm still making time for the makey things. Good. I have been working on some kipper socks, which mm-hmm. I was doing in Edinburgh, uh, which was our review actually for. Oh, yeah. The Fine Fish Yarns. I've nearly finished. Got a little cuff to finish off with a pair of socks. Um, fine finish. Fine finish, yeah. That's pretty good. They're nice. Such a lovely, like, light mauvey colour. I feel like I don't have enough light socks because, I don't know, it makes a lot of sense to make dark coloured socks mm. because it makes life easier. Especially wool socks. I'm not being gross here, but you can kind of get a couple more wears out than you would a cotton sock. Definitely. Right. Definitely. So, um, I feel like springy summer socks. Mm. So, uh, I'm very happy about them. Good. Um, I've also started, uh, what else? Oh yeah, my boom tank, which I started last year, this time last year. I'm now like getting out all the summer projects and being like, why didn't I finish you? Because <laughs> I was going to play around with the neckline and make it a bit more of a boat line, boat, boat line? A boat line. A boat line neck. A boat line neck. boat line. So if you don't know that project, it's from issue 21. It's by Kiyomi Bergen. And it's a nice stripy top. And I've made it like color block stripy. So it's like a really great tangerine mm. and then sorbet pink it goes up to a violet and i just need to play around with that neckline and get it finished because i've only got like what 20 rows to do really realistically mm. Mm. finishing more projects 2018 it's gotta be the aim <laughs> i can relate because i have very little left of my soiree that i've been knitting also from issue 21 also from issue 21 uh yeah a little behind sketch with mm-hmm. the old knits but uh that's okay it's okay it's okay we hope all your knits are going well too yeah what are you knitting uh yeah you guys but wait i am knitting house slippers oh as right well. sorry you haven't finished those? no <laughs> i want to talk to the peeps um i'm talking about your feet <laughs> i um discovered actually i guess i'd been in my faves on rav for a while there's a um a pattern called uh simple house slippers by wait, simone a you lost me <laughs> they're, they're slippers right no go back <laughs> For the house. Right. I don't know where else slippers would be for. Studio slippers, which we have. Oh, we do have. Amy bought um, some studio slippers for Christmas. And oh boy, <laughs> if you get in on a rainy day and your shoe's a bit soggy, 
Pop your feet in those uh, slippers. I mean, these could also be used in a studio, for yeah. example. Yeah. Uh, they're by Simone A. and from Temple of Knit, which I believe is her blog, right. which is a really great name for a blog. Um, and they're like the easiest little project you've ever come across. Just yeah. like a little bit of gut stitch, join for the round, work for a bit. And they're really um, kind of stretchy. So obviously it says to work until you've got like an inch before yeah. know, the end of your foot. And then you do your decreases. Um, but because of the garter stitch at the back of the heel, they're like they're quite sort of mm. stretchy, um, and they're quite handy because they don't, you know, you don't need that much yarn. And I've got quite a few skeins that are like one skein of a sort of heavy DK. Yeah, I didn't really know what to do with, and they're perfect for this. Sounds exciting. So I've been making those, just kind of churning them out because they're quite good for like, um, you know, bus knitting. Yeah. Uh, knitting in the pub. Yeah. Are you doing gift knitting with us? Gift knitting. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you could knock out a pair in a couple of days, no probs. I remember Juju saying she was going to make a whole basket of knitted slippers when people came to her house and took their shoes off. She's like, here, what size are you? Have yeah. some little slippers. And I, I've taken that dream. I was like, I want to have that. I know. That did occur to me. I was like, oh, I can have all these. I mean, you know, I made one pair and was like, oh, great. I'll just make six pairs a week or whatever. And since then, I've probably made one. It's no surprise that as knitters we're very homey. Like, mm, make slippers for everyone. Yeah, no, it's really cute. Oh, I will bake cakes for everyone and grow them radishes. Oh, tell you what, with my growing radishes link to the garden. We're back mm. in the garden, guys. You're out there. It's sunny. There's paving stones, but the stuff in pots. Uh, <laughs> the house that I moved into maybe three months ago now, there is like a big sofa, but like a wicker sofa. Mm. And the bottom uh, is completely fell through. I don't know why that made me laugh. <laughs> I was just stifling a yawn. I think I made a funny face. It's also good. I, said, I also said bottom. <laughs> yes. Oh, the wind's very windy. I don't know if you can hear that. That's not about bottoms. That's the wind blowing in the studio that we're in at the moment. A temporary place. Uh, yes, wicker, wicker bottom. <laughs> I beg your pardon. <laughs> so the the area which you would sit on, <laughs> where you'd place your, your bottom. <laughs> The bottom had fallen through. <laughs> oh no! Someone's bottom had fallen. Someone's bottom. Someone's bottom had fallen through <laughs> the bottom. How old are we? It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, anyway, I'll tell Sophie's story. Yeah, no, she's she's. Uh, so the, there was no seat. So you had the structure of this wicker sofa, but there was no seat. It all like crumbled because <laughs> the wicker the wicker had just disintegrated over the years, and it had been there for years. Hey, hey, okay. Sorry. I'm being serious. Tired, I know. I'm a serious crafter, right? Sorry. Mustn't um, laugh at Wicker. <laughs> get your ass in gear. Come on. <laughs> Never laugh at Wicker. Okay, go on. And I decided to weave it. The end. Yeah, well, I was following your stories on Instagram. Oh, yeah. So we just had a very sunny weekend, which is, you know, a big deal here A in massive April. deal, right? Everybody's like just you know freaking out sunburn <laughs> and bought 20 million liters of sun cream and wearing shorts and then it went cold again but um i saw on your instagram that you were reweaving the seat and i thought what a good idea so i just bought some jute from a garden center for three quid 120 meters i think that'll do nicely I probably could have gone for a more professional hardcore you know there's a whole art of back basketry weaving mm. one maybe one day I'll delve into that. Yeah. But for now, it's like a very temporary thing. And it means you can sit on the sofa. It's not 100% comfortable. But now I'm thinking about outdoor cushions. That's another project. So I feel wholesome that I did that. That's good. I quite like the um, just go for it sort of mean. Like, I, I'm, 
I'm sure it's more than just a good temporary solution. Right. But rather than waiting forever to like learn a whole different extra skill sure. to fix a thing, it's quite nice to just be like, you know what? I've pretty, you know, I've got some damn good skills. I'm just gonna make use yeah. of what I've got. And you realise that when like housemates are like, what, wait, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm weaving. I'm like, wait, how do you do that? How do you know to do that? I'm like, well, you just make a warp and then you do the weft. And like, that is enough to fix the thing. You know, you're right. I think I usually call it the Blue Peter style of mending. Mm. You know, you just you've got you've got a sticky back plastic. You've got an empty washing up bottle. You've oh, made Tracy Island. You've got made Tracy <laughs> Island. It's looking pretty cool. So uh... <laughs> we'll have to get a good photo of you sitting on your. On your oh yeah, sofa. I haven't done it like a celebratory end of things. So we need to do that on my bottom. <laughs> So after news, we have reviews. Reviews. And that's a plural. Uh, so first off, uh, nicely, we're going to hand over to Megan, who is co-founder of Pom Pom, our US correspondent, if you will. <laughs> and she's been sent a bag by Ritual Dyes, who are our lovely sponsors. So let's hear what Megan had to say. Hello, this is Megan coming to you from Austin, Texas, where we have the U.S. headquarters of Pom Pom. Uh, and I am here reviewing the um, knitting tote from Ritual Dyes. Um, and I'm super excited to be able to review this. I saw this on Instagram and was like, that is pretty cool. And when it arrived in the mail, I had forgotten that we were getting one um, <laughs> as a review Uh bag uh and for the giveaway and I was like oh wow like did somebody send me this as a present and um no they didn't um but I was super excited to have gotten it as a present for the five minutes that I uh forgot that we were getting a review bag but um I think I might order my own because it's really gorgeous it's super cool and I'm not usually um one to be into something that's um in black even though I do like black, usually if I have a choice, I will get something like crazy colorful. But actually, this is um, kind of sophisticated and obviously will go with everything. And it's not your usual just like canvas tote. So um, anyway, the bag is a really nice size. It's not typical project bag size. It's a little bit smaller than a tote bag. So you could definitely fit like a really good um, sweater project in here. And it's got a flat bottom, so it stands up straight when you need it to. And um, it's got this really cool construction so that it can be like a shoulder bag or a backpack or you can hold it like a tote. But it's got kind of a, um, a loop on one side and through that loop go the two backpack straps. So it kind of widens to open. And anyway, you can see this in the photos, but um, it kind of widens to open and the straps never come totally undone. So your bag won't like flop open, which I think is really cool. 
Um, and one of the, the loopy strap is, um, a really nice leather. And then the other straps are like that kind of, um, woven cotton strap also in black. And of course the coolest thing about the bag is the little ritual dyes hand logo. That's like, I think from a tarot card, um, situation. Um, it's really beautiful. It's just tiny and you know, most people won't see it, but you'll know that it's there and of course this bag is perfect for your collection of um enamel pins or badges and uh yeah really beautiful bag um highly recommend it and you can even fit like two smaller like drawstring project bags inside the bag um which is handy for someone like me who likes to have more than one project on the go because you just don't know what kind of situation you're going to find yourself in. Um, and of course, there's different knitting projects for different situations. So uh, yeah, good luck to you who enter the giveaway. I will be sad to send it off to you, whoever wins it, but I'm going to replace it with my own shortly. So there you go. Thanks for having me, London girls. Thanks, Megan, for being our US correspondent among all the other exciting hats, knitted or otherwise, that she mm-hmm. wears uh, for Pom Palma. <laughs> and thank you again to Ritual Dyes. Yeah. You sent us nice things. Oh, wait a minute. You could win it. Wait, what? So we've got a um, bag to give away. Uh, if you head to the Pom Pom blog, which is pompommag.com, you can find the podcast thread there, and not only do we have show notes about this show, you've got nice photos, maybe one of a sheep pyramid, who knows? <laughs> and uh, you'll find instructions of how you can enter and win the bag. If you're not listening within the time of now, we always have giveaways. You can find something fun. Just check it out. Check it out. So, uh, yeah, bag yourself a bag. Hey. And reviews, uh, we said plural, so mm-hmm. the second thing we're reviewing is some lovely yarn by the Uncommon Thread, which you can get on the pom-pom shop you can indeed and uh this is a lovely yarn that was used in interpretations number five indeed so the special thing about interpretations number five which you probably know is that all the colors used for the designs are custom special colors specially dyed for hohim vera for this book yeah which is really exciting so it means that the whole book is like really tailored to them and their taste and style and as you guys probably know they make wonderful things so you know not only did they make the wonderful patterns but they got the special yarns to go with the patterns and this one is a very beautiful color indeed so this particular shade slash yarn from the uncommon thread as sophie said is used in the reflection shawl mm-hmm. by vera valmaki very same from volume five <laughs> so this yarn um so the shawl takes uh, two skeins it's like a fun kind of asymmetric kind of balance to the shawl just mm. as a side note uncommon thread we've talked about her on the podcast see who dyes the yarns uh, down in brighton she has a special affinity with greys shall we say she does great greys she really does um and ever since like we first came across her yarns her greys and browns i guess actually she's very good at neutrals mm. Um, I mean, she's good at all the colors, but affinity for greys is mm-hmm. a good way to describe her her style. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, she was one of the first yarny types that we ever worked with in yep. Pom Pom. We used her yarn for the Wick Lane Shawl. Ah, such memories. Three million years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, this particular color is the, um, it's called Spectre, after 
Regina Spector. Which is pretty cool. Um, she's a singer lady. If you don't know, check her out now. And uh, it's in the everyday sport. And so it's got quite a nice kind of ply to it. It's kind of mm. bouncy. But again, you've got that little bit of uh, silkiness. Uh, not silkiness. What do I mean? Drape. Yes. Because it's uh, a merino. Mm. 100%. Perfect for a shawl, you might say. Indeed. Well, Vera thought so. <laughs> and we think so too. The exciting thing is that we have kits available on the pom-pom shop depending on the time you're listening to we're just setting them up in the next week or so so it might even be now yeah but if you are checking now <laughs> um it might be a little bit later yes but just keep an eye on all the social meds mm-hmm. and uh we will definitely be chatting all about it social meds for your needs <laughs> if you please for your sure needs for your sure needs <laughs> uh so yeah it's a little gift set with the yarn so you get two skeins and the book because you're gonna need the pattern certainly are um yeah so we think this yarn is lovely we think the color is gorgeous oh yes we didn't say the color more about the color it's gray but it has little speckles in Mm. it does (laughs) and it has the quite subtle speckles because there's like you know there's a lot of speckly yarns around and all of them are fun some of them are quite intense this one is a lot more on the subtle side yeah and the thing i can imagine myself i'm going to treat myself to a bit of gift knitting Mm -hmm. or you know maybe a summer project if i'm going away Got my book, got my yarn, little shawl, nice and portable. That is true. Since it's summer, guys, I don't know if we mentioned. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so go check it out. And our review of uh, this yarn very nicely leads us into our interview, which is with Hohi and Vera. Uh, Again, we hand over to our American correspondent, Megan, who uh, was chatting to them. This is back with the launch of Interpretations, Mm -hmm. back at the beginning of March. And uh, it launched at the Hill Country Weavers Retreat. Mm -hmm. And so Megan had a little chat. Okay, I'm here in Austin, Texas uh, with Hohi Locatelli and Vera Valamaki, Vera even, and they are actually here in Austin, and we've just finished up a weekend of teaching at the Hill Country Weavers Retreat, uh, which was a lot of fun. So I'd love it if you both could introduce yourselves and say where you're from, just in case there is somebody who's been living under a rock who doesn't know who you are and where you're from. So, Hohi? Hi, I'm Hohi Locatelli. I come from Buenos Aires in Argentina, and I am a knitwear designer. <laughs> Hi all, I'm Vera Valimaki. I come from Finland. I live in a very small village, quite nearby Helsinki. Yes, and it's very cold there now. It is super cold. I'm quite worried. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we've been having a really fun weekend here. And actually, you've been here almost a week now, which has been wonderful. Mm -hmm. It's so nice when we get visitors to Austin, usually doing something for Hill Country Weavers, which is always exciting. And it's been wonderful having you here. So thank you. Thank you for taking us. (laughs) And uh, it's extra wonderful because we got to launch uh, the fifth anniversary edition of Interpretations at the retreat. And it was very well received, I I would say. Um, And it's the first time that you've been in the same place when the collection has been released. So what was that like for you guys? It, I think that we thought it was amazing to start with. It was special. 
and every time we release interpretations, that distance that um, separates us becomes even bigger because we want to just finish with all the work and hug each other and congratulate each other and celebrate. Um, but I think we were just so tired <laughs> we were expecting to be all fresh and in the mood for like drinking champagne. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And we were just, uh, just laying in bed, <laughs> very, very tired, but super happy. Yes. I was happy that for once we, we were all uh, in the same time zone mm-hmm. and dealing with time difference that is like, Eight yeah. hours with us all together. Yeah. It is kind of a... It's tricky. it's tricky. So what time do you normally try to release it if you are eight hours different? So we usually try to do it around my noon, which is Vera's evening. Mm-hmm. Um, because since I am in the probably the most beneficial time zone for mm-hmm. work, because mm-hmm. I'm in between... US uh, time zones and European time zones, um, I can continue to check that everything's going okay and Vera goes to bed and, and I can like continue, continue on duty. That's how it is for me here with the girls in London as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Um, and of course, I should say that Pom uh, Pom Press gets to publish interpretations. And this is, well, we've published all four, vo- or all five volumes, but this is the third year that we've done it I think so um very exciting for us to and also for me to be there when we're launching the collection so um yeah so very exciting and everybody was at the retreat was so excited to be able to see the samples in person um and of course now the samples are traveling all over the world wherever listeners are you might be able to see them I really love how our our samples keep just traveling and traveling and I feel like the part of me is always traveling it's like in um the film Amelie when the little gnome travels Mm -hmm. around the world and uh yes and everybody gets so excited to see them um just in case people haven't heard or they haven't seen the article in the most recent issue of Pom Pom about how you guys met. Um, would you tell us that story? Vera? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually met through Ravelry, mm-hmm. which is quite, uh, well, it's different from past times when mm-hmm. there was no internet or no Ravelry mm-hmm. and the world has gotten so much smaller. Mm-hmm. As I really feel that I have all these friends all around the world just because of the internet and, more importantly, Ravelry. So, of course, we had been admiring each other's work uh, before we really started to like chatting, but then we started sending these personal messages like, I really like your work. And I like yours. (laughs) (laughs) And then, quite quickly, we had this idea that we would really love to work together somehow, Mm. do something together. And that's how interpretations were born. Yeah. I think this is something that probably really um, provides for us, the possibility to find your true soulmate, whatever you are. Mm. I feel like when I was younger, um, maybe in high school or even university, my friends, I had to make new friends, but it, like what, 
in my activities. So if I took a gym class or um, any activities, that's where you're, you would find your friends. And now when when knitting became my main activity, it felt a bit lonely at mm-hmm. first because I was just sitting there at home. I didn't have many friends to share that with. And then Ravelry happened and yeah. Vera and I were talking not long ago about how we feel that we travel so much and yet every time that we're going to an airport, it feels like there's a, there's always going to be a friend waiting yeah. for us wherever we go. Yeah, it's amazing. World, yeah, so. that's amazing. You were talking about how when you first started knitting, you felt a bit lonely. Uh, when did you learn how to knit? I learned uh, when I was a child. Um, many times I had new beginnings with knitting, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I really picked it up when I was in my early 20s. Um, after university so um, yeah as I, I'm, I sometimes tell this story I was trying to quit smoking oh and wow. I needed a stress uh, reliever mm-hmm. so that's when I decided that knitting was a much healthier habit and it worked <laughs> it worked it worked yeah for sure it changed my life amazing yeah and Vera when did you learn how to knit probably very young yeah I learned I'm at school, yeah, and I've been knitting ever since, like on and off, mm-hmm. but always with it. Mm-hmm. But then, when my boys were born, then I really found that this is something that I love, mm-hmm. and of course, it's something that you can easily do, just a few stitches, and still by the end of the day, you can feel like, yes, I did something mm-hmm. just for me, instead of all the lullabies and yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, um. And do you think that Ravelry um, made it so that you thought, oh, I could do this as a job? Well, I had no idea that I, how much I loved mm-hmm. designing knitwear. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a surprise to me, but I think that without Ravelry, I wouldn't be the designer that I am today, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. And you um, told me this weekend that you studied architecture. So you kind of have a artistic, creative background. Yes. And do you think that that helps with your knitwear design? Yeah, I think they are kind of the same. I love how both architecture and knitwear have the, have the, like, they share the fact that they need to be used. They need to be, like, yeah. something that is you can use, actually wear or live in in mm-hmm. place of architecture, but it's also art. I agree. So I so love that, yeah. that combination. Me too. And Hohi, did you have any artistic or design background before? No, but I do remember growing up thinking, oh, I'm going to be a fashion designer. <laughs> and you are, yeah. And I would like sketch all the outfits that I would have down the runway so this weekend when we were teaching at the retreat at Hill Country Weavers they actually organized a fashion show and I had I had never seen a knitting fashion show actually it was my first time and during one of the sections of the fashion show knitters were modeling designs that I had designed so it was my dream come true yeah it was and they were that's very powerful the best thing about it was how proud they all were to be wearing yes that's the best part of being a designer seeing that somebody actually devoted all that time to make the garment in the first place and then be so proud of it that they are actually wearing it all the time. Mm-hmm. Then you really feel like 
I think I did something right. Yeah. <laughs> and not only do they wear it all the time, but at the retreat, they, you know, like I don't feel comfortable walking down a runway. Yeah. Um, but these people felt so good in their knitwear yeah. that they were willing to get up in front of a hundred yeah. plus people and exactly. show off what they had made. And it that was, was really amazing. Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. Um, so when did you two first actually meet in person? In Argentina. That was, uh, four and some years ago. Uh, we have been working together, um, or almost together for a year. Um, but just by emailing each other Mm -hmm. and, uh, we, I remember that I kept thinking during all this year that eventually we had to get together to do the photo shoot, but no one was bringing up the subject. (laughs) And then, so one day I told Vera, I wrote to Vera that, uh, well, if she wanted to get together in Finland, my family and I were happy to like come to Finland and meet and travel and get to know each other. And she responded, well, we were actually thinking that we could go. <laughs> so by the end of that year, um, Vera's family just got on a plane and came to this very far away country to meet this family they had never met before and they didn't know a lot of. And it was amazing. Yeah. I just remember having the best time and I was so grateful that we decided to do that first photo shoot, including the families, because then I think that helped our friendship so much that we got to see how similar our families were and that we we could really all become friends, not just the two of us, like Vera and I. Like we we could make our work part of part of our family. That was the best. But I still feel that because I we just jumped on the plane. We didn't even like speak on the phone wow. or anything. So and when you were getting on the plane, were you like, "Oh, I hope this goes well." Well, I it felt so natural. But thinking back, like going to just someone's like home to stay there for a week, yeah, it could go horribly wrong. Yeah, <laughs> but you weren't worried about it. I w- I wasn't. No, that's amazing. Yeah. I was kind of worried. <laughs> I was the hostess. Yeah, and I just wanted everything to go well. So, but it did. It, it did. did. It and did. you were the best host <laughs> ever. Oh, <laughs> and you have you both have two boys, mm-hmm. so that's something that you have mm-hmm. very much in common. Yeah. And uh, yeah, football is a common mm-hmm. interest yeah. with that. Tennis. Yeah, and tennis. Yep. And I imagine your husbands were probably kind of nervous too because it wasn't like they knew, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they didn't have the personal relationship already. Right. So that's great that it all worked out. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And I think one of the best parts of being able to make uh, knitting your job is that you can incorporate it into your life a little bit um, and have a nice work-life balance and so then to be able to incorporate your families into mm-hmm. it as well is really special yeah so tell me about the photo shoot for volume five now that is a huge story <laughs> <laughs> for this one we really wanted to make it special again because it is the fifth anniversary issue mm-hmm. so we we had this like like 
from the start we had a feeling that it had to be special. Yes. So I think you, Hohe, you suggested that we would go to Argentina mm-hmm. again, where the first photo shoot happened. Mm. And but this time not stay in the Buenos Aires area rather than go to the south mm-hmm. to Patagonia to the mountains to the glaciers mm-hmm. to it's a completely different scenery and weather than where we were for volume one and that was one of those once in a lifetime adventures and I hope that it it shows in the book what what a magical place absolutely yeah the opening spread in the book with the mountains in the background is just amazing it's amazing yeah um and so this time you took your husbands Mm -hmm. and left the kids at home Mm -hmm. we also traveled with rafa who's a friend of uh, mine an art and science photographer and the five of us took a plane uh took a flight to patagonia um yeah it's definitely much harder to photo shoot somewhere where you're not based yes like it's much easier when we photoshot in finland and so vera could take care of like getting all the clothes together and all the shoes that we need Mm -hmm. and like we can just drive somewhere with these huge bags full of Mm -hmm. anything that we might be more spontaneous yeah yeah instead we were we had to fly to our location and we um, actually we, we selected different places within the mountains that we had to hike to. And yeah, so the day of photo shoot was a very active day. Mm. We had to keep moving around and <laughs> we had to be very creative with makeup <laughs> and yes. hair. And hair. But it's it a little good. bit windy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and you talked a little bit about this at the retreat, but tell me, um, I feel like a lot of the really well-known designers on Ravelry use themselves as models. And I think that starts out as being, um, convenience, you know, because you knit a sample, it fits you and then you don't have to hire or pay a model or whatever. Um, but now you would be in a position to use a model if you wanted to, although I think people really enjoy seeing you model the things so tell me about your thoughts on on modeling i feel like for this project uh, in general i'm not that fond of modeling Mm -hmm. i i i would rather stay on the other side of the camera than be be the model it's hard work it's hard work i'm not like naturally good with photos staying in them i've learned Mm-hmm. With all these years, I learned. Mm-hmm. But for this, and you can exercise actually to look hold, better, to look better, <laughs> to like to look to where to look at. It's a talent it's, and a skill. Yeah. yeah, and you can exercise. And yes, you can learn it. But I still like it's not my nature. But for this project, I feel like it is so bound to us mm-hmm. that it would be. At least now, I can't imagine mm. seeing anyone else modeling for these books. Mm-hmm. It is so tight to True. us, yeah. to our personas, to our friendship. Mm-hmm. So Vera and I, um, we were talking about this. We were reflecting on this when we did the photo shoot for Volume 5. And we 
we I think that we feel confident with the way we look. However, being being photographed and then seeing yourself in in the computer or in the printed book, printed book, <laughs> you always get that feel of oh um, that maybe you could look better or that things could look nicer if you were like thinner or younger or taller. nicer or taller. <laughs> but I, I think that's that's how most women feel about themselves, yeah. sadly. And so I am the one who does like the finishing for the photos, even though they're <clears throat> sorry done by a photographer. I do like the final touch-ups and like adjusting colors. So I've done that for these five volumes and I found it really exciting to see how Vera and I have changed mm. throughout these five years. So I told her how cool will it be to to see us really old <laughs> working on a very high number volume <laughs> so um, so now I feel that um, I'm excited to document our journey working together in this and one day you'll be like what was I complaining about I looked great then <laughs> you know probably yeah <laughs> we'll go oh I was so skinny and so young and yeah um, it'll be great but, uh, so do you have any favorite projects from volume five? Mm -hmm. I think my favorite project to wear is the, the ragged coat. Yeah. Cause I, I like to dress with like oversized and comfortable fitting clothes. So that's my favorite project. Mm -hmm. I am actually very sad that it's going to travel <laughs> around the world. I know. Not staying with me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh. Yes, I also love that. Um rose quartz yeah. cardigan of mine because it's just so fun to wear. And I love your tree seeker all mm. the lace cable yeah oh, it's beautiful it's so beautiful i just love it <laughs> yeah i think my favorite is the green tunic is it glacier, mm -hmm. the yes. glacier yeah tunic. i really love that one it's beautiful um yes definitely uh listeners please go and check out the projects if you haven't yet because they're so beautiful and tell me about the yarns mm. Yeah, because it was this fifth anniversary issue, we wanted to make it extra special. So we came up with the idea of having our special yarns or colorways for this one. And that's what we got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, we asked uh, 12 dyers to make 12 interpretations colorways. We don't... Uh, Vera and I are not very fond of the idea of exclusiveness. Uh, we feel like um, yarns should be used for all kinds of projects. Mm -hmm. So we didn't want them to be interpretations exclusive colorways. Right. But we wanted to work with new colorways that were created according to the palette that we had in mind and the certain feel that we had, that we had in mind for a project. Exactly. So, yeah. So, um, we had a hard task because we only, uh, present 12 designs for each book. And we have many, many companies that we admire and love working with. So it was hard to only pick 12. And we picked them mostly 
so that they would be different uh, from each other. So we tried to pick uh, dyers with different styles and also from all around the world, from Canada, from Europe and different countries in Europe, from the US and Australia. Amazing. And are you allowed to say if you have a particular favorite color? I don't know. I love them all, <laughs> but I do. I feel like I'm slightly partial to all the greys. Yeah. The anemone colorway from yes. fibers. Yes. But I love them all. I think I'm. I love how we how. For first of all, I love to see how the dyers turned our like initial like this. The palette mm-hmm. and the different, uh, like, mood board. We sent them a mood board mm-hmm. and a specific color mm. that we had in mind. So yeah. And I love to see how they made it into real life, mm-hmm. adding their personality, adding, like, making it even more than we could have hoped for. Mm-hmm. Isn't it amazing how you can look at a color and you'll go, oh, I know who did that color. Yes. yes. It's like a signature or, yeah. you know, it's amazing that colors can be like that. Yeah. Yeah. And my favorite, um, I don't wear color. I know. So but by much. the way, for those who are listening, Hohi and Vera are sitting here wearing the exact same outfit. <laughs> They're wearing black pants or trousers and gray t-shirts. Um, and it's been like this all weekend. Yeah. <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't wear color a lot. Um, I do like color, but I just don't know how to add it to my everyday wear. And as I was knitting with Julie Aslin's Happy Colorway, the the color that it's featured in the cover of the book, it's so the beautiful. I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. Everyone was saying, "Oh, that color is so good for you." And I agree, every time I wear coral or like a this bright shade of red, pink, um, uh, it, I think I get more compliments than with the black. <laughs> so I suppose it has to be, I mean, I love it. I was so happy when I, when I got the yarn and I thought, yeah, this is going to be great. So that's my favorite color. Mm, it's so beautiful. And to see a whole table full of that color at uh, the re- yes. marketplace at the retreat was, it amazing. was amazing. It was really beautiful. Um, so we talked about your favorite projects from volume five. Do you have favorite patterns ever? Like not just from interpretations, but your own personal patterns. Which ones are are your favorite I gotta say that I love the true French sweater that I did mm-hmm. in volume two of uh, interpretation. Two, two. Yeah. Um, that's because I'm, I feel like I want to make another one of mm. those. I really like the fit and everything in that. Mm-hmm. And for me, it has to be boxy. Yeah. I still, I still love to wear that sweater and, um, I only need it once, but some, I've had friends need other samples for me and every time I wear it, I like it. It's so a classic. Has to be that one. Yeah. There was a lot of boxies this weekend. <laughs> yeah. Cause it looks great on pretty much everyone. Yes. Um, so can you tell me, uh, anything about the next volume of mm-hmm. interpretations? There is one in to make. It will happen. <laughs> <laughs> But can we give some advance? I'm sure we can. Ooh. About colors? Yes. Oh, 
So, um, since it was such a big focus on Book 5, uh, the color um, theme and collaborating with dyers to create special colors, um, we are going to reverse all that. <laughs> and for <laughs> Volume 6, Vera and I are going to work with a monochrome palette. Yes. So, we are going to work with a grayscale. Yes. And we hope that um, you like that. I I feel that every time we design with a neutral color, it's easier for knitters to see themselves knitting that pattern yeah. in a brighter shade or... Rather than the other way around. Exactly. Yeah. So we're going to do that. We hope you... I mean, you're used to seeing us design with gray. It won't feel unnatural. <laughs> <laughs> but I hope you like the idea. We are very excited about that. Yes, we are. Yeah, it'll be beautiful. Um, all right. Well, where can everybody find either of you or both of you next uh, in person? Where are you going to be around the world? So I'm the one who's going to travel first. I will be teaching at um, Anne Bud's Need for Fun Retreat in Savannah, Georgia. And I do believe that there's a book signing happening um, in at that event. And, and then... Um, I will be in Gubascula Knit Festival in the summer, in July. That's a lovely little festival in Finland. Finland. Yeah. So please come. Wonderful. <laughs> lovely time of year. And there to might see be Finland. book signing too. There, there could be book signing, yes. And together we will be in Vancouver mm-hmm. in Knit City at the end of September. Vera and I are going to be doing the keynote presentation for the event. And then we will be teaching several workshops and we will also be doing uh, books. Pom Pom's going to be there with our books. Yeah. So you can go find our books there too. Yes. And um, it's really special to be able to get both of you to sign a book in one place at one time. Yes. So yes. anybody who wants to go to Vancouver or is in the area, um, it'll be a really special opportunity. I and think. you can bring your book. If yes, you, if of you course. already have it, you can bring your book and we'll sign it for you. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you, Megan. Yes. And um, we can't wait until volume six. Thank you. Well, thanks again to Megan for um, <laughs> being in places where we are not to Indeed. record people that we are not in the same room as. Ah, yes. Um, and thanks, of course, to Hohi and Vera um, for, you know, for chatting to us again, because, well, we always want to know what they're thinking about. Yeah. Um, and we hope you enjoyed. Next up is Text Files. <laughs> what, a great, what a great name. <laughs> I'm going to have to take like, my notes, Lydia, to tell you about okay. this latest file of text <laughs> um so this is a newish segment in which um sophie researches with a giant magnifying glass mm-hmm. also the internet and my tooth comb <laughs> to find it's a out- fine tooth comb <laughs> um to find out the origins and genesis of various textile related idioms and sayings genesis mm. Mm. i wouldn't know i wouldn't say this one's maybe a textile one but i okay. thought it was very interesting and it is, is relevant it fiber related yeah it's it's In relevant it is relevant it's it's not- is- <laughs>
saw me just wandering down an avenue. It's a rolling stone, gather snow moss. <laughs> rolling palm, gather snow magazine. Dust. I don't know. <laughs> That's next time. Uh, so, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Ah, I can see why you went for this one. Yeah. The sheep aspect. I put brackets, extensive story for next episode. That was my notes from last episode. Um, so, you you know, the vibe of what we're talking about. Uh, so this is uh, someone who uh, is not quite what they seem. Yes, yes. Who is hoping to deceive you Indeed. in some way, purposefully. Yes, so it has a, a biblical origin. Uh, so this person has a role contrary to their character. But the, mm. that character might be dangerous slash false. Ah! Like a wolf. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the actual quote is beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing but inward are ravening wolves and that's the gospel Ooh. of Matthew uh, 7.15 if you're interested I am yeah it's good uh, it's also been um, credited to an Aesop's fable mm. uh, where a similar thing where there is a wolf who wants to eat sheep and oh, yes. so he puts on sheep's clothing and then he hangs out with the sheep and he gets shut up with them and he eats the sheep every night but then the farmer is obviously killing the sheep to get their fur and then fur, mm, their fleece, sorry. <laughs> their furry fleece. <laughs> I work in knitting. And uh, he kills the wolf because he thinks it's a sheep. So there's like that extra like uh, allegory in that. Is what I mean allegory? Yes. Mm. Where it's uh, don't be what you are not in a deceptive way because it will come and bite you on the bottom. <laughs> On the wicker bottom. On the wicker bottom. On the woolly bottom. Uh, it's also an idiom. This is quite fun. Zoologists use it uh, to um, explain varying kinds of predatory behaviour. So that's more of a, a modern usage. Mm. But uh, going back to the oldie usage, here's a Latin proverb. <gasps> Um, I don't know what a Latin accent would be because it's a dead language. <laughs> and uh, my Latin's a little rusty. So, pele sub agina, latitat mens sepe lupina. 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 Uh, Lupina. Of course, you all know that translates as under a sheep's clothing often hides a wolfish mind. Which I really like the phrasing of wolfish that. Wolfish mind. Yeah. I like wolfish um, as a, an adjective. Yep. A bit like a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell your favourite slipper joke. Yes. Um, what does the word slippery mean? I don't know. A bit like a slipper. Yay. <laughs> I can't believe we didn't say that we were talking about slippers earlier. Oh my earlier. god. Sorry, the, the oh, themes... Okay, of, we got there in the end. The themes of this podcast will weave together. To so make... when you wear a slipper, is your foot a foot in slippers clothing? What? Yes? Okay. <laughs> anyway, well, that's V good. That was uh, that's the text files. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I know more things, not only about language, but about sheep. Yes. Sometimes wolf pretend to be them. Indeed. Wolf. 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 <laughs> <The> peanut. <laughs> uh, more text files next episode. More text for next. But And if you have any ideas of things that you would like yeah. us to discuss slash research for you, mm -hmm. uh, you can let us know. You can email us. Yeah. Podcast at pompomag.com or you can come on the RAV forums. Oh, yeah. Actually, Helen from Wall Kitchen told me something. I've just remembered. I'll write it down now because she said that was a good one. Mm. Thanks, Helen. Uh, <laughs> you can be as cool as Helen and suggest something. <laughs> okay. So finally, finally, we come to our one of our possibly longest lasting segments aside mm -hmm. from news and so on, which is top three, in which we list our top three things. Depending on what it is, we list different things. Indeed. Uh, you sometimes you play along at home. When I say at home, I mean the Ravelry forum. 
and uh, contest our choices or celebrate them. <laughs> this uh, episode, we decided to go with our top tips. So it's a tippity top top three theme of moving tips because, hey, I just moved house. You're about to move house. We're moving studios. Don't know if I mentioned that. <laughs> so there's a lot of moving of things in different places. Yeah. Do you like moving? Um, I don't mind it. Mm-hmm. I guess I haven't. I've been quite lucky. I haven't had to do that much of it uh, in the last how many years. Uh, yeah, I feel I feel okay about it. I know that some people find it particularly stressful. Mm. How about you? I have a duality with it where I get excited about the new things. Mm. I kind of like packing stuff up and unpacking mm. it. I get really into that. But it takes me a long time to settle into a new place. Yeah. And I do find it very stressful. So Yeah, I think it takes me a long time to settle in. Um, so it's exciting to move. But I know that there'll be quite a long time when lots of things are still in boxes. Um, but, you know, a change is as good as a rest, as yeah. they say. Um, so I have my notes written on the side here. Don't look at them. I'm, not, I'm looking at the ceiling. All right, I will, but <laughs> I will share them with you now. Very good. Um, my three number three tip. Work in a place that has lots of boxes. <laughs> yes, not a bad idea. So working, <laughs> as I used to, at a knitting shop, load of boxes. <laughs> Just take them home. I think within that, okay, so you don't work in a place that has boxes. Don't underestimate how many boxes you need. Like, go to the uh, greengrocers and get the boxes. Mm. The banana boxes are like the open ones. Great for books. Really handy, yeah. Uh, I went to a bookshop. They were great. They know about packing books. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with books, the one thing you always need to be careful of is just you don't don't put too many in a box. I'm way ahead of you. Sorry, tip yes, two. go on, tip two. Tip two. Don't make the boxes too heavy. <laughs> Which again, sounds stupid. But I always have the rule, if it's too heavy for me to carry, then why the you know why am I moving it? Mm. So you got to make the boxes bite-sized. Yes. So another thing with getting boxes, make sure those boxes are bite-sized. And although it can mean like a lot of little boxes... I prefer to have that so it's like bite size. It's also easier if you're like going in and out of doorways and up and down stairs. Yeah. Big boxes, you know, they're, they're, they're annoying. I mean, I'm talking from the perspective of someone who doesn't have furniture to move. Yes. So I have bite sized things because sometimes you've got a big old chair, a big old bed. I don't know. That's not feasible. <laughs> Just saw it in half. Yeah. There we go. That's a tip number one. <laughs> saw your possessions in half. No. <laughs> tip number one is. Get friends and family to help. <laughs> if they love you, they'll help you move. That's the rule. Yeah. That's think, how you bribe them. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, not only for morale. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel very lucky that I have uh, people to help move. I yes. think, yeah, definitely. Yeah, make it a team effort. Definitely. And very good tips. One and a half. Have something nice to eat when you're ready. Like when you get there, order that, order that takeaway. That's always what I'm on about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good tips. Okay, well, mine are sneakily hidden on the underside of this uh, this bit of paper. Okay, number three relates to a little bit to your number oh, one. That was so sneaky, and I'm like, yeah. oh, let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> it just feels more fun, like holding it like I'm playing cards. Um, tip three, mm-hmm. have snacks slash music. Yes, that's a good tip. You so, can't underestimate the packing snacks, yeah. Because while as you're going, you're going to want a biscuit or yep. some crisps or fruit. You know, I'm not yep. saying the snacks have to be... Very unhealthy, although it does help to have a bit of sugar in you, mm-hmm. I think. When, you know, if you're having a little flag, maybe yeah. you get a bit hangry, you're moving oh, things no. around, you've reached that point. In any, I feel like in almost anything you do, like if it's a big project or a small thing, just there's always a point at about 
it's about 75% mm-hmm. where you're like, oh my God, this isn't going to work. Yeah, you oh my push God, through. I'm done. Yeah. I, can't, I can't be bothered to do this anymore. I've had it. It's never yeah. going to happen. And, you know, at that point, what you want is a cup of tea and a biscuit and to listen to some tunes. Yep. Um, you know, keep yourself moving. Motivating so. tunes. What kind of... Tempo? Mr. Motivator. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, maybe some really fast live dance music. No, no, I wouldn't like that. Some garage. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe some fun, like uh, Motown yeah, or something. Bit of maybe Frankie funk. Valley. Yeah, nice. <laughs> um, yeah, just maybe make yourself a moving playlist. Why not? Why not? Hey, that's a good start. Before you even think about getting boxes, just let me start the playlist. Let me compile my three hour moving playlist. Um, there's a great song by the Handsome Family, um, yeah. who you may know because one of their songs was used for the theme for True Detective. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a song of theirs called Moving Furniture Around. Um, which I really like. It's quite like, it's almost like quite like heavy rock, which is weird for them, but it's all about moving furniture around. And even though it's about moving furniture when you already are in a place, Mm -hmm. something about being able to sing moving furniture around while you're moving makes it more fun. Inspirational. Exactly. Good. Good tip. (laughs) Okay. So number two, wool makes good padding for breakable items. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. So what I did last time I moved was I did have some quite big boxes and I made the mistake at the beginning of the move to just put all of my books in one of them. No, 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 no. no. It's impossible to move. So I took most of the books out and then put partially books, partially clothes. And then I continued this theme. So every box had, I mean, when I was unpacking, it was kind of annoying, but it's not like I'm moving a whole house. Sure. That's a whole different thing. I wouldn't have many ideas about how to do that. But if you're just moving your own possessions, yeah, intersperse the books with the wool and the clothes and yeah, use wool to pad maybe ceramic items you have. I like you're like bending the, you're like <laughs> yeah, mining, like, like <laughs> bending a skein round. Putting a ball inside of it, you know, and it'll fit everywhere. Squish, squish, squish. And then maybe you don't need to get any like bubble wrap, for example, yeah. or minimal bubble wrap for the environment. Yep. So that's tip number two. <laughs> wool will save the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tip number one is quite Lydia specific. But I feel will um, possibly help other people who are like Lydia's. Right. If you are Lydia, <laughs> enlist help to stop you keeping everything. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. So I am notoriously bad at throwing things away. Um, I think I I don't think I'm that bad, but everyone else does. <laughs> but this is why I, I need. Mean, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say you're bad at throwing away things i said you're very good at keeping things and i'm good at acquiring things yes like i'll be walking down the street and I'm like oh look at this book that somebody left on a wall i'll keep it just in case i need one picture from the back of it or something i don't know i've always got ideas about grand plans should we say optimistic it's i'm good. optimistic yeah. i have you know um i have like paper that i've stored that's sort of faded but it's fun colors that i'm like one day i'm going to do some paper cut art i've had it for like 10 years doesn't stop me keeping it um so I think there's a balance to be had between keeping the things and not keeping the things or maybe giving the things away. It doesn't have to be thrown away. depends what it is. Yeah. But for me and possibly for you, if you're a bit like me, I don't know, you listener types, some of you might be, um, you might want to, you know, you can have your friends and fam around for sure. lifting help, but also maybe for reasonable advice help. Should I keep this pad of paper I haven't used for 10 years? Probably not. I mean, within that, there is the people who will help and they'll be like, what's this? Uh, which, you know, this happened to me. Mm. They're like, what's this box? They'll be like, that's my box of small bits of ribbon, which I use for wrapping parcels. Very important. They didn't think that was useful, but I was like, you wait, you need to wrap a parcel. Come to your friend, Soph. Don't, yeah. need, don't need to buy anything fancy. <laughs> it's there. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's true. So there's, you know, there's a middle ground to be had. But I do find having someone else uh, to help me talk through these things yeah. uh, is handy. So that's my number one tip. That's good tips. These seem, I, you know, not to belittle our tips. They seem obvious, but I think you need reminding of that if you are going through a move. Because it is big, stressful upheaval. And occasionally you just want to be like, ah, just want to get stuff from A to B. Yeah, yeah. Main tip. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. You'll be settled in your new place. Having some good tunes. <laughs> We're giving ourselves a little pep talk up. Yeah, because we yeah. are at that point, I think, at the move where it all just looks a bit disastrous. Uh, in flux. In one of my flux. friends once said, yeah. when I was tidying my room, they walked past and they went, that looks like a room in flux. My mum famously, her phrase for when things are, when you have that difficult slog through something, she's like, oh, it's just like childbirth. You've just got to keep going. And, you know, you can't change the situation, but you've got to keep going and something wonderful will happen at the end. Usually she uses this for like moving house. And I told our friend Annie, who's a midwife, mm. I said like, oh, my mum says like childbirth about that. She's like, oh, okay. Maybe next time, next time someone's in childbirth, I'll be like, don't worry. It's just like moving house. <laughs> so she liked that phrase. So there you go. Different analogies for all, all walks of life. Um, yeah, so that brings us to the end of episode 50. It's quite nice for episode 50 to come out at a time when Pom Pom is moving studios. Mm -hmm. It's quite exciting. We're halfway to 100. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I remember we got at 10 and I was like, oh, can we do like a special episode for 10? And Juju was like, no, get a few more under your belt before you start thinking about that. I was like, but 10 is such a big number. <laughs> well, you know, it does feel like um, each one put a fair bit of work in. Yep. And so, you know, 50 of those things. That's many things. We've talked to so many different people. Very true. We've been and recorded in all sorts of different places. We've had other people help us out recording in other places. We've met all the people who've listened to these things, which I know. is crazy. It's just so exciting. Um, and when we started... Oh, we should say a bit about Eli, maybe, just to round oh, off. Yeah. Um, so when we started this podcast, like four or five years ago, um, of course, the wonderful Eli Block uh, was like, sure, I'll help you edit yeah. your po little podcast. And little did he know that four, four years later... Um, we'd be seeing him once a month. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'd be in his house all the time eating his food. With his lovely lady fiance, they made some great food. Just oh, they've made sh some shout out for the great food. dinners that Eli and Tilly made. <laughs> I mean, shout out for Eli and Tilly being incredibly generous with their time and space and energy, and obviously, you know, to Eli in particular for working so hard on the podcast with us. And often, when we were at a bit of a slump point, Eli would be the one who'd be mm. like, "Come on, we can get this done." Oh, and especially that one time where we recorded an entire episode and realized we hadn't hit record. That was a low point. <sighs> I can't remember which one it was now, but he was like, okay, let's just have a small glass of wine and then we're just going to record it again. We're like, yeah. okay. He's a very calm, very um, methodical, yeah. methodical person. Um, and we probably already said this. Have we already said that Eli is? No? No, I don't think so. <gasps> so Eli uh, will no longer be uh, doing the sound editing and production uh, on this podcast because Eli will have, has currently a full-time job making podcasts yeah so you know congratulations congratulations to eli um i mean we think he's gonna smash it because yeah. obviously he's always done such a good job for us he's now working for a london-based podcast company we will uh send you guys the details in case we hear uh, neither of us can right now remember the name <laughs> of it because we were too excited when he was telling us to remember so of course we are um i don't know if sad is really the right word it's really like yeah, it's amazing that he, because, he, you know, we're not going to tour our own horn and say, it's because of us you got this job. Because he said, like, I don't think I would have got this job if I hadn't had all this experience. Mm. So 
I don't know. There's a lot of like happy feelings within that. Definitely, yeah. I mean, Eli is an incredibly talented sound related person he's always made amazing music and done made amazing sounds amazing sounds with his mouth <laughs> some of them you might have heard when you he's uh done little guest spots um and if you came to pomcast live you will have seen him in person reading um horror stories and mm-hmm. being the mc um yeah it's hard to sum up really how brilliant eli is but and we'll miss him but he is handing over his reins and skills to sophie scott hey i'm here <laughs> which is very exciting in itself and, you know, we'll probably bring Eli back at some point for a little little chit-chat. Maybe some story reading, who knows? Yeah, so we don't want to say goodbye to him for good, of course, um, but we... But a heartfelt thank you. Yeah, big, big thank you and good luck. We should end every podcast with such a heartfelt uh, outpouring of love, I think. I know, just like pick a person, be yeah. really nice about them. Um, well, of course, thank you to Eli. Thank you to all of you guys for listening. Uh, to Megan for being our correspondent. Yeah. Here's to another 50. <laughs> we'll um, see you. Well, we're probably recording in the new space next time. Who knows? Yeah, so we can report on that. Those of you who are going to be at London Loom, we look forward to seeing you there. On the 8th of May. <laughs> so easy to remember. Um, and is that about it? Yeah. See you soon, guys. Bye. Bye. Comcast is produced by Lydia Gluck and Sophie Scott, with lots of help from Eli Block, who created the original music for the show. For more Eli-related music, go to goodgirlandthebadtimes.com. Thanks, as always, to Megan Fernandez, co-creator and editor and foreign correspondent. And thanks also to the lovely Amy and Gail. Thanks to our interviewees, Hoki Locatelli and Vera Mackey. Thanks to our sponsors, Ritual Dyes. And of course, a big thank you to all you pom-pom buyers, subscribers and listeners. You can buy your copy of the magazine and subscribe too at our online shop, pompommag.com forward slash shop. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and why not leave a review?